Hey, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. BT here. We're so excited to bring you this episode on the day, the Turkey Day here in the United States. Uh, David and I recorded this just a short bit ago, and we really hope that you enjoy it. it it's a little bit uh, fun. It's also a little bit of a conversation around awareness and around consciousness and what we bring to holidays that could be considered difficult, uh, like Thanksgiving, if you delve back far enough. But it was all necessary to get to where we are today. So from the first Thanksgiving in 1621 to the Thanksgiving we celebrate now in 2021, let's get to it. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. All right, we're here. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, this is a big day. This is my favorite holiday. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say that, although after I did a YouTube deep dive the other day, I felt a little bit... Um, less good about it, but uh, let's, let's get to the good stuff about Thanksgiving. So first and foremost, you know, I mean, we all know that you're of Italian descent. Is there anything special that Italians do on Thanksgiving? Is there any special foods? Just like, just just Turkey. Well, I think families have different things, but we never had, we never had anything that was uh, specifically to the Italian heritage on Thanksgiving. We did on Christmas, but not on Thanksgiving. Not on Thanksgiving. No. It's just a g- just general bird, like a bird, some stuffing, yeah, bird, some potatoes, stuffing, gravy, veggies, gravy, the potatoes, whole nine. biscuits, cranberry sauce. You know, just pretty pretty standard American fare. Sure. for Thanksgiving, big, big group. Uh, yeah, both back. Um, sometimes big, sometimes small. Okay. So most of my childhood, we lived either in the same building house. Or, or down the street from my grandparents. Okay. My grandparents were part of my life my whole childhood. Um, so they were always that set, right? It was always that set. But sometimes uh, my dad's mother would be there. Sometimes it would be aunts, uncles. Um, sometimes it would be quite a big group of people. And sometimes it was just six of us, right? So grandma, grandpa, plus me, my brother, mom, and dad would, would have been six. And that was in my that was in my youth. That was before my parents got divorced. Sure, but after that, you know, it. Uh, my mom got remarried, so his kids would come on occasion. Very, very little, but uh, I don't even know if they ever came for Thanksgiving. But to answer your question, sometimes big, sometimes yeah. small. Yeah, what's interesting is you, you just got me thinking about how we used to do our Thanksgivings, and it felt like the Thanksgiving, even though I grew up next to my dad's parents, like right next door, they were yeah. our neighbors. We would always go to my mom's parents for Thanksgiving dinner. There was never any mixing of the two sides. Like, I don't remember spending did Thanksgiving. Did you? I yeah. think that's always kind of cool when you can bring in, you know, the the mother's side, the father's side, or, you know, your spouse's yeah. side, and you kind of can join it, and it's a huge table. Yes. We didn't really do that. I mean, we had a lot of people. I mean, we still had, because a lot of people, you know, lived in the town where I grew up, my aunts and my uncles and my grandparents. We would still have, you know, 16, 18 people, um, oh, and it was, cra- it was a big size, and yeah. all we would do is just stuff our fat heads for yeah. hours. We, as, as a, then, well, when I was an adult, then that began to change because four, four kids, but there was always other kids coming, oh right? God. Sometimes it was cousins. 
There was it, it always seemed like the neighborhood kids to some degree were always at the house. Sure. So we made, I mean, every day was basically a huge meal because you never knew how many people right. were coming. Pop in. With, yeah, with kids. The day of the pop-in. Yeah. But um, my grandmother, uh, my mom's mom, and my dad's mom got along quite well. So, she, so they would come uh, frequently when I was little. You know, but then we used to, then as an adult, we did bigger things. Right? Yeah. Like, remember that big party we had in Maryland? Yeah. Like oh, my God. People? One of my most memorable Thanksgivings yeah, of all time. We catered the whole thing. Yeah. It was, it was unbelievable. Amazing. We had there so much fun. We were there and friends. Yeah. Beautiful place. Great food. We danced. Private we laughed. Place. Oh, my God. Strippers. It was so much fun. No, Stri- yeah. No, that was the, that was Black Friday. That, that was, was the day yeah, after. No, but it's, it's really interesting. I'll t- let me tell you why Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. First and foremost, it falls on a Thursday, which means that I'm blowing off Friday and I'm taking the whole weekend. So when it happens on a Thursday, I got a built-in four-day weekend. Okay. And that's nice. I'm going to need it because of all the turkey I'm going to eat. Secondly, I like what Thanksgiving stands for for me. For me, it's all about gratitude and giving thanks. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some other things that Thanksgiving means to other people. And rightfully so, they can have their, they, they have their own experiences with it. But for me, it's about, you know, taking a pause before the hustle and bustle that is the Christmas holiday season and really factoring and thinking about the things that up to that point in the year, all the things that I have to be grateful for. I think whenever I'm feeling like shit or whenever I'm feeling really bad, it's because I'm out of gratitude. And I've noticed that as of late when I'm having like a slog through my work day or I'm having a difficult time at home or something along those lines, I know exactly what it is. And I hear you in my ear saying, you know, you just got to give it love. You got to give it gratitude. If you show gratitude towards that thing, it'll write the ship and it has. And I think that's what that day is for me. So I guess, what does Thanksgiving mean to you? Well, it's definitely, it's definitely gratitude. Uh, but it's interesting because once I began to learn about gratitude, it really took on a different meaning. It became, it became a marker, so to speak. So I remember that as I began to learn and adjust my life uh, to my own my own self education, I was thinking about what do I want to do with my kids. And back when I worked for this trucking company, uh, one of the things that we did was we would provide fuel to all all different kinds and manners of companies, and there was this one place where they would bring in trailer loads of turkeys. Okay. But they were, they were frozen turkeys, sure. right? So they weren't live turkeys or frozen turkeys. And they would, at the end, uh, when we were done, when they were done, they would have, I don't know, sometimes a hundred, 200 extra turkeys. And they would always give me a bunch. I would always take six, 10, six, eight, 10 turkeys home <clears throat> and then take the kids, grab a bunch of these turkeys. And then on Thanksgiving day in the morning, we would go to a homeless shelter donate the birds to several different homeless shelters in the area. And then we would spend like half the day cooking, you know, with, with, uh, with my kids giving, you know, just really giving them the opportunity to feel what that feels like to be able to serve someone else. Um, uh, in a way where you're experiencing it and not just hearing like we're, we sit down at the table and you're in your million dollar house and everybody's grateful for this. And it's like, yeah, okay, let's, let's see what we're, what gratitude really feels like. Let's see if we can go into a situation and we can literally give of ourselves, right. With no pretense and 
and let the kids experience that. So, so for me, it was, it was a big deal to show how to take the things that we're grateful for and give back so that the kids actually felt that in their body. They right. really get to experience what it was like and really do some good, you know, yeah. really, I mean, it was. You get to look people in the eyes as you're serving them or helping them and being yes. a part of it. And really you, you, people that and are really down out. And like, the, it's the little things like that that can completely, totally transform another person's experience. I like, think so. you know, I love that. You've, you've actually gave that gift to me as well and my children as well, because when you used to do a program back in the day, D7, if you remember that, that probably strikes a chord in your head. It was I a great remember. program, but we did, uh, it was actually around the holiday season and there was two groups where we sort of broke off and one group went and packed books, uh, books for Africa, I believe. Yes. And then another group yeah, we went, had those pictures on the wall. Yeah. The, yeah. Right here office. in HQ. Yeah. And then another Another group went and put together um, meal packets that were going to be delivered to the needy around yeah. the holidays. And it was cool to see we were working right alongside um, some of the people that were going to benefit from that. And then we were also working alongside the people that were in this group. So it was your way of saying, let's not just talk about it. Let's just do it. And you continue to do that to this day, yeah. whether it's, you know, you're donating to um, our local law enforcement here every year, whether it's your... Um, um, donating to um, all the charities that you've mentioned, even on this podcast right. here, Operation Underground Railroad right. being a big one and Feed America and other. Yeah. Like, it's really cool to see that that giving back, it really, it, it makes you feel great inside, but you also know that you are feeding and helping a tremendous amount of people. It's insane. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned that. And I, and I talked to you about this about an hour ago before we went on air. On my way into work this morning, so some mornings, depending on what I've got going on and when I get out for my exercise and all that, um, if I don't feel like pushing it really hard to get to the office to do my morning, uh, the elite mind calls and the million dollar mornings, I'll stay at home and do those at home. And then I'll come into the office afterwards. And today was one of those mornings. I had a bunch of stuff going on uh, at the house and I was going to come in a little bit later and I'm driving into work and I needed to stop and get gas and there was a family on the corner at the gas station on the main road that we drive from our house to here because we don't live that far from here. And they were Afghanistan refugees. And um, I was like, wow, so they're, they're here. That's, that's really interesting. It was a mother with, with two very small children. Uh, and, and I think there was a baby too. It might have been three. Um, and I did not have time to stop and talk. But I thought to myself, when I go home today, if they're still there, I may go over there and have a conversation with them because I'd be very interested to know their journey, how they got here, sure. what they're doing, where are they going, you know, see, is there any kind of help that we can that we can offer? But I was thinking about it as in terms of Thanksgiving because it's very interesting to me to watch other people's behavior when it comes to these types of things. All these cars are passing these people all all day long. And in 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 Many of the things that I teach, one of the things that I've talked about many times, and it was really interesting how this all comes together because I was actually talking about it this morning before I drove into work, was this experience that I had as a kid um, when I used to go to downtown Chicago and I would meet my girlfriend for lunch. I was a teenager and I worked at McDonald's for about four years. Uh, there was a period of time there where I would open the store. So I would be there at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, open the store, get everything ready for 
McDonald's breakfast rush. And then I would be out by like 11. So I literally lived like kitty corner right behind this McDonald's. So I would walk down the alley, go home, take a shower. I would drive to the train station. I would get on the train and take the train into downtown Chicago. And I was dating this woman who worked down there. Uh, we both lived in the same town, but, but she worked down there. And we would usually have lunch and then I would wait for her because it was only it was only a couple hours till she would get off work and then we would take the train back and we would go to her place. So there was a summer that down there that that I had these experiences that were really life changing. And what they were was I was sitting in Daly Plaza one day uh, waiting for her. And sometimes I would have a book with me. Sometimes I would walk around. This day I happened to be sitting there reading a book. And I was watching a homeless guy who was sitting up against a building and he had like his sleeping bag and, you know, a bunch of stuff, shopping bags, all this. And he had a, like this can out in front of him for, for money to people sure. to put money in. Exchange. Yeah. And so I'm watching this guy. I'm really fascinated by what's going on. So it's, I'm, I'm, as I'm watching him, I'm also watching people walk past him. Some people would look at him. Some people wouldn't look at him. Some people would stop and put money in. On occasion, you'd see somebody like bring a sack of sandwiches or something for the guy or whatever. So I become really intrigued by this. And I'm just sitting there and watching and learning. And then as time was going by, because this turned into, this turned into a study for me for this entire summer, actually. And I would watch these people walking towards him. So I literally changed the position that I was at so I could see him. And I'm watching people walk toward him. And I could see that with some people, the moments that they would notice this guy, they would immediately look in the other direction and keep walking forward, right? So let's say that you're, you're, you're walking north. The building is, so if you're, you're walking north, the building's on the west side. The guy's sitting on next to the building. Their eyes immediately go east, sure. right? So they're Converting. looking at like trap, yeah. And I, and I thought it was fascinating. Some people just can't look at it, right? And then I'm looking at other people who notice him, and they, they deliberately look at him. Um, I've also saw people do things that weren't very nice sure. at all. And then you have the people that notice him, and then they immediately start reaching around in their purse or their pocket for a few bucks or whatever, this type of thing. But as I'm watching, what I'm, what I'm, one of the things that I'm recognizing is that none of these people are really conscious. They're reacting to a situation based on how they're feeling um, when they notice this person. So if they get into their judgment, they start feeling uncomfortable. I, um, you would see them react in all these different ways. And you could literally see when somebody would feel guilty that they know that they weren't giving money and they couldn't look. They had to look someplace else. It was almost as if they were afraid to look at them as if like the homelessness was going to get on them. Mm. You know, like if you were like, I can't, I just can't look. And I've, and I've said to people before, next time you're driving your car and you come up to an intersection or something, you see a homeless person at the intersection with their can or their sign or, or whatever, see what your body feels like when this happens. Do you feel like you want to look toward the person, away from the person? Do you want to give them money? Is that something that you feel like contributing to or is it something that you feel like adds to the problem for the person? Pay attention to what's going on inside of yourself. But I remember, and I was just a teenager, T., um, I remember thinking to myself, I am so grateful um, 
in my life for the things that I have. And I didn't have much at all back then. Um, this was before I had started to get a little feeling a bit jaded in my life. Um, but I would do things. I would like, what can I do for this person? And, and there's, there's several different parts of this story. And I'm not going to tell them today because they're just not appropriate for the Thanksgiving idea. But the, the, one, the part that is was that I always thought to myself, what can I do for this person, right? Uh, I wanted to buy a guy a transistor radio one time, and, and I would go get food sometimes. Um, there was one guy that I knew that all he wanted was alcohol. And I knew that if I put money in his can, that's what he was going to do. Because I had this experience where I went, I was going out to dinner with a bunch of people one night and happened to be very close to an area of one of these guys that I would watch. And he was literally walking up and down the line of the people that were waiting to go into this restaurant for dinner. And this was a nice restaurant. But they didn't have... Um, they didn't have an area on the inside because this was downtown Chicago. So it was a little awkward where you could go and you could wait inside. So the people were kind of standing outside and this guy was hitting people in line for money. And I thought to myself, is, what is this guy going to do with the money? Because basically what he said was this, could I have a few bucks so I could go in and get something to eat? Well, this is a very upper end class restaurant. There's no way they're letting a homeless guy go in there and, and buy a steak. Right. Um, so I'm like, what is he going to do? So I followed him when he got the money. And he went down like two blocks, turned a corner, and he went into a drugstore to buy a pint. I literally watched him go in. But anyway, um, the, the idea was that it, I became, first of all, I became very comfortable with those individuals at a very young age. Like they don't, they don't put me off in any way. I have no issue stopping and having a conversation with them. But I remember thinking to myself how grateful I actually am for what I have because it doesn't take much to end up like one of these folks, you know? And what surprises me is how many people aren't grateful for various different reasons. And their non-gratitude is taken out on other individuals. It's like whether they're angry or they're jaded or they feel hurt in life or misappropriated, a lot, there's a lot of projection, but then there's what I think is is just deplorable are the people that have everything to be grateful for and they take an, a, something like Thanksgiving and they want to tear it apart because of what they perceive happened 200 years ago right. with the first Thanksgiving or 1600, sure, whatever sure. the hell it was. Um, you know, I mean, what do you think about that? Because you see that you see those things just like I see them. What, yes. How does that hit you? Well, it... it to be sensitive to the indigenous peoples that are affected most by this, I completely can understand the frustration around this holiday, just like the frustration that was to get rid of Columbus Day and strike that from the records because of the horrible things that happened, the genocide, the introduction of, of viruses and things along those lines, yeah. and the, the taking of the land. I get that. I mean, in fact, in doing my research, it was apparent that if I continued to go down this rabbit hole of information, I was going to rapidly remove Thanksgiving as my favorite holiday. And I do not want that to happen because as I said at the top of the show, it is my favorite holiday. What frustrates me is that the cancel culture, if you will, around certain holidays like this, it's only being told from one side and mm. it's not being told from both sides. That's true. Um, there's, there's this... Well, not that we can see. Anyway. Not that we can see, exactly. And, and you know, I'm sure there's people out there that are going to send us tons of information about this is what is true and this is what's not as true. I'm not here to debate that. All I know 
know is that when I see, you know, like you had sent me a piece of information coming out of the University of Buffalo where they were holding these anti-Thanksgiving rallies and they want to completely abolish it from the record and they don't want there to be any sort of Thanksgiving whatsoever. It's not a time to give thanks. It's a time to actually remember the tragedy, the genocide of this mostly ignored people when it comes to the indigenous individuals. And I, I, I really struggle with that because that's why I asked you what Thanksgiving means to you. Because to me, Thanksgiving is a time to get together with my friends and my family and give thanks for all of the things that we have, not the things we don't have, not a big bitch and gripe session, but the things that we really have in our life. And it's not about the material things. I mean, those things are great. I love my material things. I love, you know, wealth. I love making money. I love spending it. I love giving some of it away. But at the same hand, I really want to use Thanksgiving as an opportunity to just take a pause, celebrate the season and one another, and just really give thanks and have gratitude towards it. So when I see something like Thanksgiving get attacked, it does hit me a little bit more than, than other things because it's so commercial. You know, th- that's the problem with, with holidays. They seem to become either political or commercial, just like that. And I mm-hmm. don't want them to start touching these sacred moments because for, for me, it's all, it's never been about the football. It's never really mm-hmm. been about the, you know, going out and getting ready for black Friday and doing all my Christmas shopping. And although I partake in all of them, I love them. It's really my favorite time is to sit around the table and to look at all the people that I have in my life and be so grateful for all the wonderful things that I've, that I've, that I've earned and that I've worked towards. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm really, I'm really torn with the whole thing because, um, number one, it's fascinating when you actually sit back and you try to dive into history around this because there's so many different versions of people that are saying, no, this is right, this is wrong, you know, all that. And it's to the point where I don't care as much about that any longer. We're past that and we're in a, we're, to me, we're in a, in a, in a different space. And the, I think the question is, what does it mean to us now? Not what happened 200 years ago. And here's the reason why I, I think about this. Because I, it's not that I don't understand people's points of view about racist things that happened, about slavery things that happened, about things that we did that were not cool to the people that lived here. I understand all of this. And I also understand that if you search anybody's history, it's going to be big periods of dark anywhere. But what, I, it, what I've always, let me think about how I want to phrase this because I'm going to be careful here. Um, what I've always taken the, the viewpoint on is this. You cannot condemn us, condemn, I say condemn us, I'm talking about humanity. Okay, you cannot condemn humanity for a consciousness that they didn't have, and it's it's almost like we look back at these things that happened, and some of them are horrible. There's no question about it, and we say you should have known better. Okay, <clears throat> now there's an argument to be made about this, and the argument is this: number one, none of us can know what was in the minds and the hearts of those people in any part of the world during any of these dark times. But here is something that we do know. We do know that there were, there were limitations on the consciousness and 
how they viewed values and ethics all around the world in all different kinds of groups of people in all different kinds of social structures as time was passing. So we have to remember something. We came basically out of caves. And as we did that, we were advancing as a race of people, a a race of humanity itself being a race. And as it's advancing, it's learning through trial and error. It develops a hierarchy of values and ethics, which is astonishing because you see that that currently anyway, it, it reaches a point where that stops in all other life forms that we're aware of, right? There's hierarchy, there's ethics, but it's different and it stops because it's really just limited to survival and it's limited to mating and it's limited to, you know, the, that, that life form continuing to move on. We develop, we've taken it far past any other social structure, even though there's complex social structures in other, in other life forms, we've taken it to the point of thinking consciously about how these things are and how we want them to be. And I think that we make a big mistake when we don't look back at our former, our former human relatives and cut them some slack based on the consciousness that they were at and where we have changed over a period of time to get to a different place. We don't have to say that it was a good thing, but I think we need to look back at it and look at it with our own consciousness now and go, wow, isn't it interesting that we used to think this way, right? That that some of these things that were horrible, these were standard norms. Practice. <clears throat> Instead of just saying that these people were bad and the things that they did were bad, really understanding what the limits of consciousness were then that caused people to believe that some of the atrocious things that we did were okay because they probably weren't all considered atrocious back then. Right. You know what I mean? Um if you it's 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 fascinating because I'm sure that that we we did things if you the further back you go in our evolution, the more animal like we had to have been, you know. And if you look at if you look at different uh, uh, animals today, right? If you look at a pack of lions that's going to hunt down some beast on the range and it's going to tear sure. it apart and rip its hocks out and kill it and eat it and grab it by the throat and all this. It's doing what it's programmed to do to survive. It looks horrible. Nobody likes watching these things on the animal shows, on television, but it's life. It's actually the way that it is. And I think that we we have this weird thing where it's like, let's not look at what's true. Let's make up stories about this. So we say, this is bad. We we I was I was literally watching somebody at one time watch like a National Geographic show or one of right. the one of the animal documentaries, right. right? And going, oh, this is horrible. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's rough to watch. No question about it. You don't want to see the cute little deer get hunted down and have its throat ripped out. It's not it's not pleasant right. to watch. But to say it's horrible is to now take and put a value based on your experience on something in nature that's happening that's required for their survival and it is required for the evolution of that animal. Human beings were no different. 
okay? We evolved the same way over a period of time, but we've evolved way past. And consciousness is, uh, well, look at it like this, T. There's no place for, for us to look. There's no place in our history, in our world's history, to look at an example of evolved consciousness and say, oh, this is how we should behave. That's what we're shooting for. This is yeah. what we're shooting for. Yeah. We're making it up as we go. Right. Right? So to look in our past and condemn it from a value system that we're trying to develop now does not move us an inch. It doesn't move that needle at all. It makes it worse for us now because we're taking things that we should be allowed to change to the degree where we start to understand what Thanksgiving really is and maybe talk about the differences. Like, look at what people were thankful for back then. Look at how far we've grown from this is the way that it was. And it doesn't seem like there's a lot to be grateful for, but they even found some time to be grateful for blah, 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 blah. But here's where we are now. And this is the, and this is the difference. And celebrate how we're moving the needle of our consciousness instead of ripping us apart and taking every damn thing that we value good and not allowing us to move it. Because all it does is build resentment that I yeah. can see. It just builds terrible resentment. It and it keeps people locked in to this goddamn judgment of how awful we are as human beings. And while we've done awful things, I don't think human beings are awful at all. Yeah. I really don't. I think there's misguided people. I think there's mentally ill people. I think that we've gone through a, a complete uh, evolution of not only our our intelligence, but the consciousness in which we think with, right? Yeah. In order to make decisions. Yeah, you know what I love about all of that I mean, everything you just said is spot on and it's so eloquently put. And I think it's perfect on a day like today where we are, you know, coming together to the table to celebrate yeah. Thanksgiving. I love that you bring up limits of consciousness because, you know, the things we're talking about right now in 10, 15, 20 years, people are going to look back at this and say, Ooh, that didn't age well, or Ooh, that did, you know, because that's, that totally. seems to be the way of things. So I love that you bring in the evolution of the human brain and how we change and we can't wipe our history off the map. We can't take all the statues and put them into storage or burn the statues of the horrible people right. that, you know, that, that way that flew the Confederate flag, right. you know, all these things. We live in the South. Right. We know how this goes. You, you can't ignore the past because that past was a part of who we were and it's who we needed to be to get to the next level, to get to the next level. So when you bring up limits of consciousness, people are trying to strive for perfection right now. And that's a, an inattainable goal. There's ne they're never going to be able to get there. But when you stop and think about it, we're going to look back on these times and say, I can't believe that we used to say those things because that's the yeah. way that evolution happens. And when they start meddling when they, I don't even know who they is, but when, when there's talks about getting rid of Thanksgiving and, you know, banning the coming of gather because it was born on the back of, of slavery and genocide and these horrible atrocities that happened with the first, you know, native peoples. It really, to me, it, it bothers me. And I think that if we can just come together and just have conversations about these, they're not comfortable. I mean, I'm, I'm sweating a little bit having this conversation because I don't want to say the wrong thing because I do want to be sensitive and I am sensitive, but I also don't feel like I need to pay the price for the individuals that came hundreds of years I'm, before me because I wasn't there. I'm done being sensitive. Yeah. I think 
being sensitive is <laughs> is putting us in a in a bad situation because it does not allow us to look at the reality of things. You know, if we could sit around and have an amazing Thanksgiving dinner and actually have a conversation about something that we now deem is horrible that happened back then and go, you know what, though? Like, this is where they were. This is what they thought that they had to do. And then have a discussion about why did they think that they had to do this? Why did they think that they had to take the land from this people? Why did they think that they had to kill and rape and pillage these people? Why? And and allow the children to be part of this conversation. Sure. Because this is the, the reality. It's our history. So that we can understand the kind of thinking that caused the problem to begin with and not come from it was wrong, right? Yeah come from it was there was no consciousness the reason that they did something that we now deem that is not part of our value system or part of our ethics is because they didn't have the ability to think outside of what their reality and what their value system was at the time and also who was dictating that value system right. what was the role play of religion in there what was the role yeah. play of atheism in there what was the role play of the way the 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 social structure thought about different things so that we can see the progression and that our young people can sit back and go, wow, we used to really think that, right? Why did they think that back then? Oh, so they didn't think that they could get this or have that or do this, or they thought they were entitled to this. And here's why we don't think that anymore. So that we understand why we think what we right. think instead of just going, this was wrong. Those people were nasty. Um, my lineage comes from oppressed people, so I must still be oppressed. You're not fucking oppressed. Right. Knock it the fuck off. You, 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 sure. Stop aligning. We need to stop aligning with what we think about what happened in the past from the perspective of that it's all bad because there's. I'm not saying that we have to agree with, and I'm gonna, I want to change that because I don't like the way that, that that's coming out. It does not match the values of today, but it happened, and we need to consistently remember why it happened, right. but not make people wrong, because the moment we make it wrong, we can only see it from the perspective of the values that we have today, and they didn't have those then. They didn't have the consciousness and the awareness that we have today right. then. What we do, though, is we put ourselves in the same damn bucket as those people because we shut off our awareness. We don't think around it holistically in any way that becomes healthy for us to be able to see and make different decisions. And maybe somebody goes, you know something? I just realized something that maybe that they were thinking or experiencing them that caused us to do this, and nobody else has thought about this yet. Because there's freedom to think about it in a safe environment where we can discuss it and not make your ancestry yeah, wrong. Make it wrong. Because your people were part of those people. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and when you when people come down on you and if they make you feel as if you were wrong, then it just makes you feel that much worse about yourself. And that's where the anger, the resentment, the frustration, and the lack of moving forward comes into play. I love that you say have these conversations with your kids as a Absolutely. young age. And, you know, let's be honest. In the word history is the word story. So a lot of these things are stories, just like 
like a lot of stories that come out of, you know, like religious texts, those are stories as well. But when you look at it, you know, you have to understand, I love the limits of consciousness. I never really thought about it, but the things that they did back in 1621 is very different than they're doing in 2021 this year. So we have evolved. Don't look back in anger, but look back as an opportunity to learn and grow from it and know that we're only going to get better by having discussions and talking about it. Don't look back in it anger. Don't look back at it in judgment. Look around us in awareness, right? That's the idea. Awareness. Look around in awareness. We, we need, we need kids need to be exposed to death, yeah. to sex, to, um, uh, to objections. They need to be exposed to confrontation, but in a healthy way so that they learn and they can understand and their, the awareness begins to develop instead of they wake up one day and they find out they're a sexual human being, but so much of what their family told them was wrong or indifferent or whatever, they don't even know what to think about themselves anymore. Like we are losing awareness and that is, that is the part that's dangerous. That's dangerous. We've got, we have to not look. We, so like the, here's, here's the saying, don't look forward in fear or backward in anger, but around us in awareness. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, I can't think of any better way to send us off to our Thanksgiving tables than by sitting across from you. I'm extremely grateful for you. I love being on the show with you. I think it's really great. Thanksgiving is going to be a blast. Um, you really bring a different set of eyes to these conversations. And I think that's what Full Throttle Thursday is all about. Like you yeah. help me understand <clears throat> the awareness that it takes that uh, a, a complicated topic like this can be. But in the end, Give it gratitude. I think that's what today's all about. Well, I'm very grateful for you and your family. You have such a, an amazing, wonderful um, family. Thank your, you. Your wife, your children, your extended family, which I yeah. know. I mean, yeah. uh, it's always a, a pure joy to be around you and your family. And happy Thanksgiving to you. Yes, absolutely. And all of yours. And for all the listeners out there, happy Thanksgiving. Um, we really wish you all the best. Be very, very grateful for everything in your life because everything that's in your life has been 100% necessary for you to be the person that you are and to be the person that you're going to become. Perfect. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Peace out. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you really did enjoy this episode. Again, David does such an an amazing job of bringing awareness and consciousness to these types of difficult conversations. Wherever you stand on it, we'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a comment down below. Uh, Let us know what you thought of this episode. Let us know what you're having for Thanksgiving dinner. Let us know what you're grateful for. And from all of us here at the Successful Mind Podcast, we wish you an amazing Thanksgiving and we'll see you uh, soon. So get out there, eat some turkey and have a ball. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.